Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Another, man, it's just like yesterday, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, low to mid-70s, beautiful, and then you look and the trees are just dancing. I mean, the wind is uh, really, really blowing, just like it was yesterday. Um, that's Dancing Dan coming in on the as I talk about dancing. No, not that Dancing Dan. That is uh, Dan Peck, who is uh, back after, he's refreshed after a long weekend. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. It's great to be back. Yeah, thank, thanks for uh, for minding the shop. But well, I, I mean, to, got to take a personal day. Well, that's great. I mean, Brian was here, and that's fine. And uh, I'll do likewise at the end of the week when the when Ferg is in. D- didn't talk about it, but Auburn was busy this weekend, right? I don't know how much you got to be out and about in in the uh, in the general scheme of things. I, I wasn't but, really that much. I was mostly getting stuff done around around the house and the yard be, and everything. Between taking advantage it, between of it the being between it being the last real weekend of the semester for students because right finals are coming up. Granted, you have graduation yeah. and Cinco de Mayo. A lot of folks and, will be leaving though. A lot of students will leave after they're done with how, finals. How about that L- LSU graduation weekend and Cinco de Mayo all coming up this weekend? In yeah, Auburn. no kidding. Should, should be a busy one too. But no, I think between that and the rodeo. Bringing a lot of folks into town, there was a yeah, just a buzz around Auburn this uh, this past weekend for sure. Oh no, no question about it. So hope everybody doing well on this beautiful yet uh, breezy Tuesday afternoon. It's Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, the regular crew, if you will. And yesterday I had said looked like everything uh, should be as usual here on the Tuesday show. We got a text from uh, Barrett Salee earlier today, and uh, Barrett. Has got little league coaching duties, so he uh, he won't be able to make it today. But we should have Jake Crane at the bottom of the hour. And hey, there's there's news to be talking about today as well. We talked portaling yesterday, and there there are a couple of football portaling stories for Auburn today. That's right, big news from uh, from from the transfer portal as just just in the last what couple of hours. Yeah, right? we absolutely. Have, we have so- something that I think folks wondered about for. Well, they've speculated yeah. on for months. So, something that's been going on around the program for a few months that, that I think now has been confirmed, which is that T.J. Finley will not be back for the 2023 season. He's going into the portal as a graduate transfer, eligible immediately somewhere else. Uh, he's earned his undergraduate degree from Auburn. And, and yeah, T.J. is going to go. Uh, you know, it, it didn't seem like there was much of a path to playing time for T.J. this year. Uh, especially you know, just, just the sense we got or, you know, from, from uh, how they were using the quarterbacks it, it, this, this spring. Now T.J. Finley making it official that he's moving on and, and he's going to go try to find a new team and continue his college football career somewhere else. Yeah, there, you know, there had been some speculation. He could be joining his brother. Where is he at? Uh, he's at one of the Louisiana schools. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I don't recall which one, so I don't want to say the wrong school. But, uh, you know... Um, we will see where, where he winds up, but congratulations to him. Yesterday, we were talking with Justin Kirby with our Tiger Takes, and Justin, I asked him about finals because it's finals week, and he said, actually, he didn't have any finals. He had one project that had been done last week, so he's done, and said, uh, 
Uh, he was having a little fun needling some of his teammates that had finals this week, you know, saying, hey, you, you, you better be, you know, you, you better be good so you can be eligible. But uh, so, so he has finished up all his work. But congratulations to T.J. Finley. <clears throat> he graduated. He has a degree in three years. Yeah. In three years. He was, a, he was a class of 2020 high school signee. Played football. Are T.J. and Robbie same, same, same class, class? Same high school class? And, yeah. and, and as a matter of fact, Robbie's a little older than T.J. Right. I mean, it's, it's a lot of people don't realize that. They think of Robbie as, as young well, and because, in experience he is. Because T.J. got on the field much earlier right. in his college football career. T.J. was out there for LSU. T.J. as a true freshman in the fall of 2020, he started some games. Then he transferred to Auburn in 21 and 22. So I think some folks, because they've been familiar with T.J. Right. as a college football player for longer, maybe thought, oh, yeah, he's, he's much older and more experienced than Robbie. But, yeah, as you've pointed out a couple of times, Bill, that's a, that's a misconception. He's, uh, in, in fact, T.J.'s younger uh, between the two of them. And now T.J. Finley, southeastern Louisiana, by the way. Okay, the, uh, yeah, I knew it was, I, I could, did, couldn't remember which one of the, uh, which one of the schools I believe, it was. I believe that's, uh, that's the school, <laughs> we've talked about them before, that's the one that just wants to be known as Southeastern. Southeastern, yeah. And, and they are the Lions. And did they did they win a series against Auburn in baseball, or did they come earlier in the like earlier in the season? I want to say they, they may have. I thought they came very early in the season and, and won a series against Auburn as well. But that's where uh, that, that's where Cody, uh, TJ's younger brother, is a wide receiver. And I would, yeah, I think it's fair to assume uh, closer to. Uh, now how do you, how do you say it, Bill? Uh, Ponchatoula, Ponchatoula, uh, clo- mm-hmm. closer to Ponchatoula uh, for the two of them. Maybe they reunite at uh, at Southeastern. Yeah. So, um, but but anyway, yes. Um, nothing, you know, nothing but best wishes for for T.J. Finley as as uh, he graduates in three years. That's an accomplishment. Did you do it? No. Did no. I do it? Did I? No. Gradu- no. Did anybody in this no. room do it? No. 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 I, I did not graduate in three years. I, no. I was. I was. And, um, and be and be. You know on. Athletic scholarship yeah. and starting a few games. I mean, that said, that that's quite an accomplishment. I was I was tap dancing on the abyss of oh man ineligibility by this yeah three years three years in three years in I was yeah, in I was, trouble I was oh I was in three trouble. years in I really needed to decide a, a final I needed I needed a reboot I needed well I needed to find oh. three years and I needed to find a major right yeah. like that, that's I needed to find a direction three years <laughs> yeah, in yeah that's, that, yeah and, let me tell you and we're and we're still looking for one well that's true. Um, but we'll, we'll go whatever. You know, you can help us uh, here on the drive. We'd love to hear from you. All right, so now, that's, do you, do you that's sus- part of the news. Okay, so let, let's, let's stay with TJ for a second, though. Yeah. So your reaction to the news that TJ leaves, it's not unexpected. No. But do you suspect this could be in anticipation of a quarterback joining the team? Or do you think this is just TJ on his own timeline? No, now, I that think this, now that he's graduated, he, yeah. can make, he can make it official. I think this is, okay, everything's done. There's no question about it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a grad, uh, and and he's gone ahead and made it public. I, I think he knew, and I think Auburn knew. Um, but this does make it much more. It's much more black and white now. I mean, any any quarterback looking at Auburn sees, hey, Auburn's got two has two quarterbacks that were on scholarship this spring. A third will be coming in, and Hank Brown, and that's it. I mean, there's your there's your scholarship quarterback room. So uh, Auburn, can, you know, Auburn isn't hiding anything. And I, I don't want to take anything away from Robbie or Holden and their chances of winning the job. But I would imagine 
that Auburn's coaching staff is selling playing time. Absolutely, I mean, they that, are. That's, that's what's going on with KC. That's what's going on with uh, with, with Peyton, Peyton Thorne. If, if Peyton Thorne is, is, mm-hmm. uh, is, is someone that Auburn is considering as well, the Michigan State quarterback who recently entered the transfer portal. So, uh, no, that's a... Uh, it, it is... We suspected that one of TJ, at least one of TJ, Robbie, and Holden uh, could find a, a, a new school before the start of the season, and now we know that uh, TJ is going to move on, and it remains to be seen what the other uh, quarterbacks decide to do, but it, it might not be the only uh, attrition from, from the room, depending on uh, what moves are made uh, to bring in quarterbacks uh, between now and the start of the season. Yeah, and we had said, uh, you know, as yesterday we were with Brian Matthews going over the players that had left, said don't be surprised that there is another name or two that could come in, in, in a couple of different ways. One, there could be some players that uh, perhaps had uh, fit, filed the paperwork at the last minute on Sunday, and it might be, you know, 24 to 48 hours before word got out there, or graduate transfers. Auburn could have, uh, you know, there could be another player or two who is graduating that decides, eh, maybe they'll maybe they'll look at, at somewhere else as well. But Auburn has plenty of room for incoming players. And speaking of incoming transfers, Auburn adds its first today, in Jalen McLeod, a uh, linebacker slash uh, edge or jack, whatever you want to call him, uh, pass rusher from Appalachian State. Uh, McLeod, a 6'1", 230 is what he was listed at at App State. Uh, had probably his his most notable performance came against in their in their upset of Texas A and M, where he had a couple of sacks, including one right at the end of the ball game to sort of seal it. And uh, uh, that's something Auburn's been looking for. I mean, with the um, with the departure of Dylan Brooks recently, Auburn was down to three scholarship players there at the edge. So Jalen McLeod will add, you know, an, another person into the mix there on the outside as Auburn looks for a pass rusher. I'm under the impression that there had been some contact when um, McLeod was a high school student with the Liberty. Coaching staff as that well, because Ben, ben, ben Igamawa mentioned something about Washington D.C. on social media. I know he he was able to recruit the Washington D.C. area effectively as a, as a, as an assistant on Coach Freeze's staff at Liberty. And I wonder if one of those connections maybe helped Auburn's chances uh, with McLeod. Someone there was other there was other interest in McLeod in the portal as well. Auburn able to go in and get someone who uh, it, it seems like could help a room that I mean right now hey, again playing time. I mean you look at the numbers and you know. You you're not hiding anything. It's not like, oh, you're you're calling some some of your edges something else. No. Do you do you view it as there's one position and I don't know how many snaps you would then say eighty. Let's let's say you know seventy five eighty. Boy, you hope you're not defending eighty, but yeah. Let's say I mean, especially with the clock running on first down. You want to you say seventy five? I'd mean? say let's hope seventy. Okay, let's, let's go seventy. Say, let's go seventy. Yeah, seventy to seventy five. All right, so like se- seventy seventy plays. Is it one position for Elijah McAllister, Keldrick Falk, and now? McLeod, like are those three guys competing for those? Because if so, I would think you feel pretty good yeah. about being able to get seventy snaps out of. Now, if you need two of them on the field together, right? If you want to, you might at times. I mean, depending on situations, you get a lead and and you want extra rushers in the game, you might do that. So you might need a hundred snaps, and that might, out of that position, and that might mean one that, more. That way, you'd need a, yeah, you'd need another one. That mean I yeah, really that, think you need another. That might mean one more, and and there could be. 
I mean, I, I guess Cam Riley would be of the internal options that could maybe yeah, move over and do some of that. Most like, likely. Uh, Cam Riley could, could maybe fill in. I wonder if they – I think it also depends on their plans for Cam Riley this year, right? Like if they right. see him as somebody who's going to play a lot at linebacker, uh, they would be reluctant to use him as, a, as an edge specialist to help get them to yeah, 95, 100 snaps, whatever they need there. But, I mean, McLeod certainly seems like he helps. Uh, people are pointing out how well he played against Texas A&M, mm-hmm. uh, SEC competition, one of the bigger upsets of the season last year you know McLeod was uh, was a big part of that and it was, and it was a it was the a and it was the app state defense that kept oh yeah no no doubt a and m from being able to do just about anything offensively now granted app state was not the only defense that kept a and m from being able to do anything offensively last year bill there were there were a couple of those performances you saw one of them you were there in person oh yeah for for a game where the a and m offense uh, couldn't do anything but no we were saying that this this is a uh, th- this is a position going into the portal window where Auburn would love to add a starter, but being able to add someone who can compete with McAllister and Falk for snaps and add to the depth would be really big, too. I don't really know which one of those two McLeod is, uh, but it seems like at, at worst, Auburn got someone who can help situationally uh, with some of the other guys competing to be the edge. Yeah, so uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Auburn, uh, at least they're sure not planning on this being it they're looking to add quite a few more we can talk about that and much more just getting underway here on the tuesday edition of the drive i want to remind you hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at kia of auburn on south college and kia of auburn.com kia of auburn where you're always number one and they're also the sponsor of our hotline that's how you can get through to us by calling 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. You can get it at ESPNAU.com or RadioAlabama.net. You can also find us on just about any podcasting platform. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron, all presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Come on in and join us here on the Tuesday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the studio with Drew at the controls. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And John is up first. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. Hey, John. Hey, I normally uh, stream y'all on the way home on my phone, but it's uh, not not cooperating today. uh, You're on the air, so uh, I'm assuming I've got a phone problem. But uh, I saw that T.J. Finley had entered a portal on Facebook before I left work. Does that mean he's got a heads up as a quarterback coming in, you think? No, I don't think so. I think this has been in the works for a while. I, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone. Uh, I mean, Auburn, I think Auburn is expecting to add someone to the quarterback room. I don't know if it's a done deal yet. But he and he and the other quarterbacks at Auburn know that, that Hugh Freeze is looking for someone 
with uh, with some Power Five starting experience. Well, they have access to the same uh, clippings that we do, you know that, that we publish, where Hugh Freeze says this stuff to the media. So I mean, it's it's not a secret that Hugh Freeze wants to add to the quarterback room. I don't think, uh, based on. Uh, and and we had very limited glimpses. I didn't have any of them because I was here doing the show. But but we as a team had very limited glimpses of the uh, of, of the quarterbacks during spring practice. But Bill, you did not get the feeling that T.J. Finley was uh, was was out in front or or a leading contender to start based on the way the quarterbacks were used this spring. Did no, you? no. But quite honestly, I didn't see a whole lot of difference in any of them. Anything else, John? Yeah, was, uh, has there been any other transfers other than the uh, edge rusher that came in this afternoon? No, nah, he's the first. Now, um, I mean, uh, I know we've seen we've seen some uh, memes of dominoes falling, and and I think I think there are expectations of some others. Uh, I mean, everybody's waiting for the uh, James Madison edge Uku. Um, still waiting to see about the uh, Ohio State receiver Caleb Burton. I think one of the things right now that is that's really interesting is just watching um, and seeing what the first move of Peyton Thorne is going to be because the feeling I get is that he is he is probably the most prized target in the eyes of uh, of, of the folks over there in the in the football building and with Casey Thompson having just come in. Uh, this this is a really interesting situation. Can you can you hold can you hold on Casey Thompson while you try to get Peyton Thorne in? Peyton Thorne apparently has uh, picked up an awful lot of interest since he entered the portal on Sunday. Something else that Brian brought up yesterday is their finals are going on this week, and their graduation at Michigan State is also this weekend. So I don't know if Peyton Thorne is able to be making any visits before the before the weekend. So um it I think that's that's the next thing we're waiting for is seeing where does Peyton Thorne visit? Does he visit somewhere? How quickly does he make a decision? Because I don't I don't get the feeling that Casey Thompson's going to take forever in making his decision. All right. And uh back to T J Finley. He's a uh he'll graduate undergraduate from Auburn, right? That is right. Got his degree in three years. So, I mean, that's quite a credit to him. As I said, Dan and I were saying, we didn't come close to doing that. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate the call, John. 334-321-1390. I haven't heard a ton about other schools after Casey Thompson. You know, I've been trying to, Florida. Trying, trying to figure out, yeah, where, where it, uh, so Casey Thompson, for folks unaware, uh, he was the, uh, he was the quarterback. He competed to be the quarterback at Texas for the first three years of his college football career. Played quite a bit his final year at Texas. Quinn Ewers was sort of the quarterback who arrived yep. and, and, and made it, you know, yeah, he was the starter before Quinn got in yeah, town. Yeah, Quinn Ewers shows up, takes the job from Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson moves on to Nebraska, uh, where he has an up and down season. This year had a great first game of the season, the Northwestern mm-hmm. game. Uh, you know that 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 he wild. Great, he had a great last game of the season that, too. That wild high scoring game uh, or where, regular, where, regular where Nebraska uh, gave up the big lead uh, to Northwestern, puzzling onside kick by Scott Frost, sort of the, the beginning of the end uh, for the uh, the Cornhuskers this year in the season opener. Uh, Thompson was great in that game, and and how about his game against Iowa, the number one defense in the nation, where he he threw for two hundred and eighty yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And Nebraska had a a very challenging season, you know, for, for a variety. Of, I mean, 
Scott, Scott Frost was fired three games in, right. and, and things were uh, in flux throughout the whole year. There was a new offense installed before the season started. So I mean, I can I can excuse uh, you know the you know the the performance of Casey Thompson if there were times when uh, when when he left uh, something to be desired. But no, that this is and then Nebraska this offseason hires Matt Rule. Matt Rule recruited Jeff Sims, who mm-hmm. we haven't talked about because Auburn didn't seem to be after Jeff Sims very no, you're much. Right. I think there was very quickly a, a link from Jeff Sims to Nebraska. Uh, I think. I think there's a connection with Matt Rule that you know he, he decided that was a school. He's one of the better quarterbacks that switched classes or switched schools this offseason. He was one of the the hotter quarterbacks in the portal. Nebraska brings him in. Writings on the wall for Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson goes into the portal looking to utilize his final year as a college quarterback. You know, I, I think Auburn. It would be a really intriguing addition, right, Bill? Casey Thompson to this offense with the the <coughs> between the. Uh, the retention of Jarquez Hunter, the addition of key offensive linemen, and Rivaldo there as as a pass catcher. You bring Casey Thompson in, not not to mention what you're changing over with Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery. I mean, there, there's reason to believe an offense like that could have different results than oh, I agree. the Auburn offense I agree. that you saw for much of last night. <clears throat> I agree. It's just um, it it is interesting again. And uh, we'll, we'll check with Jason tomorrow. But Brian yesterday uh, really felt that his his sources said that they really like Casey Thompson, but Peyton Thorne's the number one guy. So, I mean, that's where I said that's, that's an, an interesting um, situation to have. You'd love to get the guy – you'd love to get your number one guy in first and have an idea how you stand there. Of course, they may know. Exactly how they stand. It's with just Peyton it's Thorne. a it's a luxury more than ever before in college football to have two veteran guys who can play at quarterback because one of them's going to leave. Oh yeah, like absolutely. You, if, in most places now we've seen some surprises. I mean, uh, Spencer Sanders uh, picking or uh, yeah, Spencer Sanders picking Ole Miss. Spencer I mean, Sanders picking Ole surprises. Miss. Georgia not having a quarterback leave. Now they're not veterans. But not having one of those guys because they're not going to play. At least they're probably not going to play three. They did a couple of years ago. And maybe that's what maybe that's how Georgia's able to keep three saying, look, Stetson Bennett came in number three in the fall and look what look how things turned out for him. You wonder if Alabama and Georgia keep the competition going into at least well, in at least the second week. The guy if they leave now, they can't play anywhere this fall unless they drop down a level. I mean, because there was a lot of speculation. In, Once it, Tyler Buckner committed to Alabama, you know, the thought was, Oh, Jalen Milrose definitely going into the portal. He did not. So now he has no option other than transferring down a level if he wants to play this fall at some other school. I get the sense that both Alabama and Georgia have done a great job of keeping the window open as far as keeping all of the guys in the house believing oh, that I agree. they could be the starter. Well, there's no clear... I mean, even even bringing in Todd or Buckner, um, do, do Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson feel like, well, that's it, I have no chance? No, I don't think so. Right, And, and even then, they could be the backup, and they could be one play away. Right. Which, which for, you know, in this situation, I don't think would be the worst thing in the world, and then you compete to be the starter next year. Now, nobody wants to be the third-string guy, because no. you see the field very, that's very right. little. That guy will definitely, if he knew for sure he were going to be, he was going to be third, he'd be gone. Or, or you could see what we've seen occasionally in college football, which is the third string guy might decide midway through the season, hey, I'm making it known that I'm going to be in the portal and you know, I'm, I'm going to spend the rest of this season staying healthy mm-hmm. and not and not participating. I'm saving myself. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to use a, a second redshirt year as some Auburn guys did last year, right? And interestingly enough, Bill, all of those Auburn guys who decided to stick with, uh, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
even though I've already redshirted, I'm going to skip the rest of this season and begin my recruitment early. All of them ended up leaving, right? You think right. about Chick Dawson, yep. A.D. Diamond, and... Uh, well, Landon went in and out. And, and Landon uh, King, yeah, who, who went in, and he's, but he's still in the portal, right? Or yes. Did he, did yeah. He, yeah. yeah. He hasn't wound up anywhere yet. Landon in, in the portal, but has not picked you the see, Yeah, we didn't talk about Chick. Uh, Colorado. Yeah, Cincinnati first, then Colorado. Yeah. Another, I mean, some, uh, now, Deion Sanders is, I mean, becoming one of the stories of the portal because of the mass roster well, you talk turnover. About, you talk about opportunities and playing time. They've got plenty. They right. have plenty of space. And one would think they're not going to be finished adding to the roster between now and the start of the season no, just no because kidding. they need they need the numbers, especially at a couple of key spots. But, uh, yeah, Chick Dawson joining the, uh, uh, jo- joining the group there at Colorado at, uh, at wide receiver. 334-321-1390. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Again, no Barrett Salee today, so the lines are open. Come on in and join us here on the Tuesday Drive. Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, love for you to join in. Anything on your mind, sports-wise. So, all right, um, Auburn, as as I have it right now, all right, we'll, we'll stick with football. Then we'll get into basketball a little bit. I believe Auburn has somewhere between 7 and 10 scholarship availabilities. So they've got plenty of room. Uh, what would they like to add? Obviously a quarterback. Uh, obvious, I mean, they'd like to add another edge. I think that... Uh, they, they, I mean, they've they've offered a junior college offensive lineman. They've offered a Tulsa transfer lineman. So you know they'd like at least another offensive lineman. Um, so I mean, I can see Auburn wishful, you know, hopeful that they could add at least five more players in the portal. D- doesn't seem like anything that's happened in the portal though has caused Auburn to need to react, right? As far as Auburn hasn't had, I mean, Jeffrey Embaugh. No, of, I, of the late of, of yeah. the late. Uh, departures, no. Yeah, the second window, the spring window. Uh, Jeffrey Embaugh is probably the only one that that I think surprised Auburn a little mm-hmm. bit, and my and largely that's because one, Embaugh seemed like he was making a push to be in the rotation. Yeah, I think he and, was in the rotation, and, and two, he was made available to the media about a week, two weeks before he actually went into the portal, which generally Auburn doesn't do. If they suspect a player is unhappy or he's leaving, they don't. They, 
they, they you know that that's a lot a lot of the other guys right bill no, no you're right i mean if if uh if you if you have an idea that someone might be leaving you don't usually Maybe, talk them out to speak to the press. Maybe Chick Dawson spoke to the media this this spring. I, I don't. Maybe I don't not. Think so I don't know don't if he think did. So. I'm, I'm trying to think of who else, no. like of the, of the guys who decided to go into the portal. Uh, if anyone else was made available by Auburn uh, to the media, maybe it was just uh, uh, Jeffrey. It, Je- it was just Jeffrey. Just Jeffrey. And and even in the case of Jeffrey, Auburn made a move after Hugh Freeze was hired. In, oh yeah, by bringing in uh, Mo. Yeah, by br- by bringing in Nasilakite from uh, uh from Maryland, a defensive end who uh, has m- more snaps. Yeah, Auburn, Auburn the, brought in quite a few yeah. guys there on the front too. I mean, yeah, that was at the position where he wound up. Remember he started off inside where Auburn uh where where Auburn brought in a couple of guys. I mean, with uh, Justin Rogers and Lawrence Johnson. Yeah, the Justin Rogers addition is is a really big one. I mean, that's a guy if you if if it's tough to get through all the smoke and mirrors in recruiting, you know the the one thing that you can look at right is who who else is after the kid? Like what what other schools are being linked? You know who's oh, he everybody choosing? was after Justin. Rogers. Everyone was after Justin Rogers, including Alabama. And so it's I mean that that to 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 land him as as the anchor there in the middle is big. And it just seemed like a lot of the players that a lot of the players that went into the portal, Bill. We we talked about this a little bit. They, they seem like Auburn had made a move back back in December. Auburn had made a move to bring in a similar player, right? You look, and, and whether it's Landon King, who is a promising hybrid tight end wide receiver, who was the first guy Hugh Freeze hired, uh, signed when when he was when he was when when transfers Rivaldo Fairweather were, were made available. Rivaldo Fairweather, who is a a tight end wide receiver hybrid, who has been one of the best players in a mid major conference before coming to Auburn, and there are just a couple of examples of that, right? Where you can see sort of a domino effect of okay, well, a player came in in December that maybe blocks an a, an in house option from playing time. Dylan Brooks. Maybe another example because Auburn re- went out and recruited both Elijah McAllister from Vanderbilt and uh, and, and Keldrick Falk from Highland Home, Alabama, uh, to come in and and compete there at the edge, and that probably that probably uh, blocks the path of Dylan Brooks to get on the field very much this fall. So there are a couple examples of that where you can understand why mm-hmm. the guy left because oh, yeah. I mean there was going to be competition, and after seeing who Hugh Freeze brought in to play the position, uh, I-, I could see why some of those players said there's there's just nothing for me this year. On, on the field for this team. Oh yeah, so uh, it does make a lot of sense. Like like we said, I mean, they want to add some more, and we'll see. And and I don't think it'll take terribly long. The things you got to remember, um, there there is no uh, tremendous urgency for the players to make a decision right now. I do think though that you'd like to have it in the next week to week and a half. So, uh, because classes, summer classes at Auburn start the 17th, which is two weeks from tomorrow. So, optimally, you'd like to have them in town, getting moved in, and, uh, you know, getting acclimated a little bit over the weekend before, you know, say the the weekend of what is that, the uh, uh, 13th, 14th, I believe. So, in the next 10 days or so, you'd like to have everybody, and I'm sure Auburn would would like to go ahead and have them all locked down, signed, ready here in the next day or two. But I don't think that that's reasonable to expect, especially with quarterbacks. Like I was saying, with with Peyton Thorne and Michigan State, finals this week, same as Auburn, graduation this weekend, same as Auburn, not likely that he's going to be out and about. I mean, T.J. Finley announcing today, 
Maybe he wrapped up, maybe at his final, you know, his, his last final or something like that. But announcing today he's a grad transfer. Uh, so in, in the, uh, I, I think it's something similar. In the aftermath of McLeod choosing Auburn today, um, I mean, just, just looking at where Auburn might be shopping between now and the start of the season. Quarterback, wide receiver. Definitely wide receiver. They would, Auburn has at most... Again, we're talking about opportunities and numbers where I said, you know, at quarterback Auburn, uh, when Hank Brown comes in, that's three scholarship quarterbacks at edge. It is now four with the addition of McLeod. At wide receiver, Auburn has, if J.C. Hart is a receiver, J.C. Hart and DeQuavius Sori, who have not been on campus, will make a total of nine receivers. So you've only got seven receivers, seven scholarship receivers who went through the spring. You ever think about playing four wideouts with just seven guys yeah. who had any experience? You better get some more receivers. And what kind of numbers did those seven guys have last year? Right? I mean, like, are, are there a couple of guys? Javarius who... Johnson, by far, the most productive of those guys that were at Auburn. Rivaldo Fairweather, you know, had had good so, numbers at Florida International. So some of those some of those fellows have. I mean, do all those guys have a catch? Uh, um, probably. I think. I think. Yeah. I mean, Malcolm Johnson definitely does. Um, I think Jay Fair did. Coy Moore does. Kelly, Amari Kelly does, but not many. Yeah, I mean they're, they're I mean maybe not, not zero catches, but and a lot of these Nick guys. Mar- are... Nick Martyrs caught a lot of passes at a couple of different places. A couple of these guys, it's a real. I mean, with with the three true freshmen from last year, you know, it's a, it's a bet on potential right. more than than anything. But no, Auburn would love to have veteran options and maybe more than one, which is to an extent an indictment of the wide receiver room that Hugh Freeze inherited. If it's if it's May and you're in the market for multiple starters at wide receiver, you know, that's... Good that, luck. Yeah, I mean, although it, uh, we were talking about the Colorado situation at wide receiver. Right. Chick Dawson decided to, to transfer to Colorado. Yeah, Auburn uh, like to make a swap. Well, 24-7 uh, has, you know, they, they, they track the transfer portal. And after... Who's the player that's going to end up at SMU? That's the TCU. That's uh, Hudson. That's yeah. So so there's there's a wide receiver from TCU uh, that uh, that that a lot of folks believe will end up at SMU. Mm-hmm. He is, according to twenty four seven, the top player in the transfer portal right now of the of the uncommitted players. The next two are the two Colorado wide receivers that are Montana Lamonius Craig and uh, Jordan Tyson. And Jordan Tyson. Those are those are the top two players in the transfer portal right now, according to twenty four seven. So one we know Auburn is uh, you know Auburn Auburn has uh, brought Montana Lamonius Craig has been on campus. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm sounding greedy here, but I mean I I I would think Auburn now depending on what else happens at the wing. Uh, in basketball, we haven't talked much basketball recruiting here in the first uh, you know part of the show, uh, but the. I mean, if Auburn could land, it's greedy to say, yeah, land Lamonius Craig and Jordan Tyson and, for that matter, uh, go, go get Jalen Tyson as well. But it would address needs. Yeah, I just I wonder if uh, Jalen Tyson's going to make it to campus. Jalen Tyson might be a Kansas Jayhawk. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's where I mean, now, I think a, it's lot, good, a lot good of the news is he was there this weekend and he hasn't done anything yet. So that that's that's good, but uh, but Caleb Burton's the other the other receiver to keep an eye on. Remember the Ohio State um, transfer who was uh, a freshman this past year, and that is a program man. Do they do they do a great job of bringing in talent at receiver? Remember, Jamison Williams wasn't good enough to get on the field at Ohio State. Caleb Burton was just a true freshman this past year at Ohio State. 
He's got a lot of schools interested in him, but I think Auburn made a very good impression on him this past weekend as well. No, absolutely. I mean, this is a – I mean, it's – with the case of Matthew Cleveland, it's a little bit different because it's the last visit versus the first visit, right? But but generally, you want to be able to make that impression on the guy. Yeah. You want to be the last one they, they see before uh, they, they make their commitment. Now, if you can get them to make the commitment right there during the first yeah, visit then, – then, then, yeah, if, if you can be the first one and good enough that it's their last, that's great. So what uh, – speaking of Matthew <laughs> Cleveland, uh, we're feels like we're coming up on – I mean, the, the, belief, the belief was that he would want to be – he would want to be wherever he was going to go. For the start of the summer. For the start of the summer semester. And, and that, again, is two weeks from tomorrow. And he had said any time in the next two weeks last week when he left. Um, and classes at Florida State wrap up next week. So it may be when he's done with classes. But it could be at any time before because he's made his three visits to, to Miami, Missouri, and Auburn. So, um, do you think some of these? I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but do you think some of these players? He could be. Wait, uh, they, they could be. They, they could be. Uh, um, I want to know. Yeah, where gauging where, gauging offers. Okay, I was going to say. Do you think some of these players wait until the term is over, just in case there's not some sports fan professor who's going to who's going to uh, say, "All right, well, you're you're in the portal and and you picked a new school already." It's, nah, uh, I think right now what what you do is is there is go ahead and uh, get back think. You know, take take a little time to kick back and think about it. But you also then see what's going on at those other schools. Do those other schools, while you're making them wait, do they do something that would then uh, help you make that decision? Any word on uh, any word on Lawrence from uh, from Vanderbilt? That one is one that I you know the feeling I have is everybody thinks that could happen at any time, and Auburn feels very very good. The longer it goes, probably the more the 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 way you start getting butterflies in your stomach, and I don't even know who else is in the mix there. I, my my concern would be the longer it goes, he, Jerry, may, the, he may visit somewhere else, or or Jerry Stackhouse is well, making true. a pitch back at Vanderbilt to keep him keep him around for another season. That well, would that, be that, that would be that, more that, my yeah, concern. That, that, that definitely is, could be a possibility. Is that you know that guys as we always point out. Players can come back, mm-hmm. and I have to imagine well, he's though, one that would, that Jerry would take back. Yeah, I think Jerry Stackhouse yeah. is taking that phone call if uh, if Lauren wants to stick around. And there's a lot. I mean, that that's a program that has a lot going for it right now too. Between between the city itself, which is an attraction, and I, and I, uh, uh, if, if you ever notice, I don't know if there's a city. I don't know if there's a team in the SEC that sells the city as part of the recruiting pitch. The way Vanderbilt does, like it seems like because of the the, the allure be. of Nashville. Is there? I mean, think about it. I mean, what what other what city would it be? You yeah, know, like, I know, I know what you mean. I mean, just between it's the most the most metropolitan of of SEC, right? Uh, you know, of, of you know, with all, with all due respect to to everyone else in the conference, uh, the, the and so uh, you know between between that and the academic reputation of Vanderbilt and the way they came on strong towards the end of last season, mm-hmm. um, and, and just the reputation that Jerry Stackhouse has. Like, that would be uh, more than, uh, without knowing exactly why Lawrence is deciding to go into the portal in the first place, Yeah, my, my, my concern would be, now I was wrong about Walker Kessler too, though. I thought that the North Carolina, you know, the, the, the pitch to keep him at North Carolina was going to be too strong for Auburn to lure him away, and sure enough, Bruce Pearl got him, so uh, maybe, uh, maybe Bruce Pearl can do it again against a Tar Heel, Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah, and, and maybe, and we've been talking about classes and finals and things like that. Maybe, maybe that's what's going on with Lawrence as well. By the way, I've I've had some I've had you know, some because North, they do need to stay eligible. I've I've had some uh, some North Carolina. We we both talked to some North Carolina fans. We we have some folks yeah. who root, oh, for, yeah. root for the Tar Heels. I, I think that that is 
something to watch for over the next nine months is how is it how does it go for Hubert Davis this season? I mean, they were they well, were the preseason. Everybody, I mean, they were right there at the top and, last year. I mean, to to go from that to what ended up happening, mm-hmm. I think another disappointing season for Hubert Davis, coupled with a strong season for Jerry Stackhouse at Vanderbilt. I think there would be a push for North Carolina to make a move sooner rather than later to explore switching from from Hubert Davis to Jerry Stackhouse, who just all along, you know, we've suspected, right, that if if he can make that work at Vanderbilt, no he kidding. is a very attractive candidate to be North Carolina's head coach as as a as a great former Tar Heel and somebody who had a long NBA career as well. And it's and boy, he boy he dresses well. And he's he? stylish, and that <laughs> and it's he really and it really yeah. and it's also it's make making the most of what he's got on the court too, no right? Kidding. Like that's not a team that yeah, he coaches. Those he doesn't just put five guys with talent out there. And, yeah, and hey, we're gonna out talent you. And if you, he's you, got some talent, and but. If, and if you can get five guys talented enough to do that in modern-day yeah. college basketball, by all means, do it. But what Jerry Stackhouse is doing, I mean, there's absolutely reason to believe that at a place with more resources mm-hmm. and better players, he would be uh, he'd be putting a, a perennial winner on the floor. Oh, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye. But, but that, right now, I haven't heard anything to dissuade the, uh, the, the thoughts that, uh, that Auburn's in really, really good shape with uh, with Lawrence. Would be a huge addition for next year's oh, team to, no to go question. get Lawrence. May, may be the most improved player in the SEC this past season. Yeah, down the stretch, he was he, he was as deadly as anyone from the outside. We'll get to our final break here of hour number one. Don't forget, Jake Crane joins us at the bottom of hour number two. Until then, phone lines wide open, 334-321-1390. Come on in here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes here of hour number one. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. And, uh, yeah, you, you sent me last night the headline about uh, um, an Ohio. It was, it was it's, Yeah, the, the state of Ohio. Or, or read me, read me the thing. So, I, so it's I'm, my my stupidal.com blocked itself because of my ad block. So, so the Ohio Casino <laughs> Control Commission is uh, the group that regulates licensed sports books in the state of Ohio. So there is not a federal there is not a federal organization regulating no. sports books in the United States. So things tend to happen state to state when it comes to uh, gambling regulation or or in this the case of if something suspicious happening, uh, states would react. A lot of states follow the lead. Of Nevada in this situation, Nevada, New Jersey, for a long time because they were the leaders in gaming, uh, having casinos around before m- many other states. But Ohio uh, has uh, suspended; they prohibited books in the state from taking any bets involving Alabama's baseball team after suspicious wagering was flagged uh, during the series with LSU. Over the weekend, the mandate was issued on Monday. It's effective immediately. So Ohio books will not take unless status changes. Ohio books would not take action on LSU or Alabama series this weekend. Per ESPN story, uh, the there's an independent firm based in Las Vegas that monitors wagering activity. Their name is U.S. Integrity. Right. They issued an alert to sports books 
that they said Friday's game uh, involved, quote, suspicious wagering activity, unquote. Uh, now, that game was a victory by LSU. Uh, they took an 8-1 lead early. Alabama Alabama scored five in the last two innings to make it 8-6. Five in the ninth to make it 8-6. Well, well, five in the last two. There, yeah. Now, there's there's very little known about what was suspicious about the betting activity. Yeah, I we mean, were sort of speculating on what this could mean. Uh, you know, my, my, one, one of the things that, it, that, uh, that, that I read and heard was Alabama changed their starter, their announced starter, about an hour before first pitch. But... That's not that unusual. That's not that crazy a thing to do. So, so I'm going to. Um, uh, I, I just I don't understand. Zach Zach Ewing is a staff writer for NOLA.com, and uh-huh. he's asked around Louisiana's gaming control board because the game involved LSU, right? And presumably it was in Baton Rouge. LSU is the number one team in the country now, and there's there's a couple of reasons it's important because if something suspicious happened in that game, there was a lot of action. In, in that game, and people are going to want to have questions about, you know, did, did something occur? Because if it's serious enough to take Alabama's action off the board moving forward, people have, I think, reasonable questions about what happened what, on Friday. I- what's interesting to me, though, is that they've taken Alabama's off. They're not concerned with LSU, and it would look more likely, I'd be more suspicious of if LSU were favored by three, that they gave up enough runs where they only won by two. That would be more suspicious mm-hmm. to me than... And what did Alabama do? They got down eight one to the number one team in the nation. Oh my! Everybody's done that. So here's so here's what Zach Ewing from NOLA.com. You know what? We'll talk about it a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, let's do it. Because because he did get to uh, he shined a little bit of light on what may have been suspicious about the wagering. So we'll we'll talk about that uh, in, in hour number two. Yeah, we, we're wide open when we come back again. Jake Crane of Crane and Company joins us at the bottom of the hour. We'd love for you to join in as well. Again, 334-321-1390. Halfway done here on the Tuesday Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Doug Brown. In the NBA playoffs tonight, the Knicks host the Heat for Game 2 of the East Semifinals. Miami took Game 1. Our coverage starts at 7 Eastern here on ESPN Radio. Also tonight, Game 1 for the Lakers and Warriors in the West Semis in San Francisco. Golden State's Draymond Green. Stop trying to turn the page on us so fast. Stop trying to turn the page on Bron so fast. We get so caught up in what's the next thing that we don't appreciate the the current. And then you get to the next thing and looking back like, man, I wish we still had that. I wish we could still see this. Draymond Green. The Warriors are the sixth seed in the West. The Lakers are the seventh seed, but they're both still playing. And this update from the Knicks Heat Series, Miami's Jimmy Butler is out for tonight's Game 2. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports Packers quarterback Jordan Love will get a one-year contract extension worth up to $22.5 million. 
Jim Furyk will be the U.S. captain for the 2024 President's Cup. The tournament will be played in Canada at the Royal Montreal Golf Club in September of next year. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV and RV and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Because it probably can be. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Bill and Dan drew at the controls here on this nice-looking but breezy Tuesday afternoon. If, if, the, if the weather forecast is right, and who knows, um, the weather folks don't. They don't know. They've, they've got better idea than we do. The wind is supposed to, I believe, calm sometime this evening and then be more normal. It's like March, man. It's blustery. Out there, but it, it's beautiful. Well, I mean, one of the, I mean, one of the absolute best times of the year, weather-wise, in Auburn, Alabama, just year after year. Right, that last last few weeks of April, first couple weeks of May before it gets too hot. I mean, we don't have a high over over eighty. I think in the next ten days, Bill. I mean, it Ooh, is. No, 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 no. By this weekend, it's going to be back in the eighties. Okay. See, now I'm looking at according to Apple, and and they, you know, okay. They, they, well, they, I was they just, go. They the, go overly, the Weather Channel says it is. Apple but, goes mean, overly conservative. No, no, no high above eighty-one until uh, next Thursday or so. So I mean, it's it's relatively mild seeming over the next few uh, over the next few weeks. And and with a with a big weekend planned here in Auburn between Cinco de Mayo activities on Friday and graduation going on all weekend long, and the LSU series with the number one team in baseball coming in to face off against Auburn. Just yeah, you hope the weekend weather is nice. Yeah, yeah, weather.com has got it 84 Monday, 86 Tuesday, 85 Wednesday. Okay, so they're, so they're, they're going a little, a little, little hotter. A little hotter. Yeah. They're, they're, going, they're going a little bit but, hotter. Uh, but, yeah, but, yeah, what, what you hope is that it just doesn't rain out any of all the uh, – um, the things that are going on here over the weekend, but but yeah, it looks it's beautiful right now. Hopefully, everybody doing well here on this Tuesday. Been sort of a busy day. We've had a couple of moves, one in, one out. Well, let, yeah, from the transfer portal as far as Auburn concerned, T.J. Finley, uh, Auburn quarterback, announcing that he is entering the portal as a graduate transfer, and uh, you know it's not unexpected. It is. It, it is pretty big deal, though. I mean, congratulations. I mentioned this earlier. Congratulations to T.J. Finley getting a degree in three years while being a uh, on, on football scholarship. That that's. I mean, regardless of what else you're doing, getting your degree in three years is very impressive. And, and this is going to sound like like a, a backhanded compliment of T.J. Finley. I, I do. I genuinely wish him the best and, and hope that he, he he finds a place in college football where he can thrive and, and play really well and and consistently stay on the field i think at at auburn especially this past season bill 
the the one thing that had me concerned more than anything else about TJ's play was that it seemed like when things broke down, you know, his 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 improvisational skills, you know, it just seemed like everything was happening so fast, right? Well, and it's and yeah, it's, I mean, he's 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 a big guy, and he he moves all right for a big guy, but it's it's difficult for him to make some of those super quick kind of moves and yes at times he'd hold the ball a little long yeah and i just i wonder if at a level where it slows down a little bit whether that's mm-hmm. whether that's the group of 5 level or if he if he drops down to the fcs uh, I, I think T.J. Finley could be a highly effective quarterback in the right system there uh, because yeah just at, at time i mean and there were you know, we've talked about it with Robbie too i mean th- there were there was adversity facing any Auburn quarterback last season because of everything else going on around the program. But I, I could see TJ. It, it just it. I could see TJ really uh, finding success at a, a lower level if uh, if that's the option he wants to take. Well, you know, and we mentioned in the first hour that there'd been some speculation that he could wind up with his brother, and that's at Southeastern Louisiana. That's right. Southeastern Lions are, uh, are, are a team that I, I believe they play at the FCS level as well, mm-hmm. so it would be dropping down a, uh, to, to the uh, to what used to be known as D1AA. Uh, but no, I think for TJ that would be, and you know what, and if he thrives at that level with multiple years of eligibility left, right, um, if, if he thrives at that level, uh, presumably uh, he could. He yeah, could jump. he's got two years of eligibility left. So if he if he played well next year, one would think that if he really wanted to jump back, and in, in, if he drops down to the FCS level and plays well, he would have another season where he could move up right. and play another year of Power Five football. And you know what I suspect, Bill? If TJ Finley went down to the FCS level and had a strong season, I think people would look at on field success. Six foot seven, big arm, mm-hmm. experience at LSU and Auburn. I think there'd be a coach willing to take a chance on him if oh, he yeah. was able yeah, I think to, so. to, to drop down. But he might need to drop down and, and stay on the well, field somewhere else first. Yeah, but good luck to TJ wherever he winds up. Uh, again, congratulations. Meanwhile, Auburn adding its first uh, player here in the second transfer portal during the second transfer portal as far as players entering. Um, closed Sunday evening, with the exception of graduate transfers who can enter at any time once they have, have graduated. Um, but they picked up a commitment from former Appalachian State linebacker slash edge rusher Jalen McLeod. McLeod, a 6'1", 230-pounder who had a great game against Texas A&M. Uh, two sacks and, and one, maybe two fumbles forced in the upset win last year early in the season against uh, Texas A&M. No, th- this is a nice addition. Honorable mention all Sunbelt as a linebacker for an App State defense that consistently got after the passer all season long. Uh, th- this is, and, and made, made a couple of huge plays in the Texas A&M game uh, to, uh, to, to win it for App State early in the season. Uh, this is a nice addition to, we, we were sort of doing the math earlier in the show, how many snaps is Auburn looking for right. at the edge You've got McAllister from Vanderbilt. You've got uh, Keldrick Falk from Highland Home, Alabama. His name might as well be Keldrick Falk from Highland Home, Alabama. It's so great to have a smaller a smaller town represented with a big-time prospect. And, Bill, I'm not alone in thinking that regardless of what else Auburn does at the edge, even with the addition of McLeod and maybe someone else, there's a path to playing time. For Keldrick Falk from oh, from Highland Home, I think, Alabama. I think there's year. a path for a lot of playing time for Keldrick. I think that's the plan. I mean, he is the he's the future 
there at that, um, what do they call it? Are they calling Jack? it Jack? Are they calling it Jack? Yeah, what, what, whatever. Yeah, whatever position the star right is there. That, that, what, that, whatever, that's, whatever that's that whatever that's a back thing, right? Edge, whatever, whatever that rush end. Star is like is called. star is like star. slot slot corner, right? Yes. Yeah. Star star is yeah the uh, uh, your third corner, right? Type. So it's the yeah. Jack and the star. These, these positions weren't there in like Madden '98, you know, back back in the day. But they, uh, uh, I, that would be yeah, and, and more. We, we were we were talking about the true freshman that could factor in early. For this team, and oh, Keldrick Falk is definitely one of those. He's, I mean, may, he's maybe, right there at the top. He, he might be the first name on the list. Yeah, I mean, Kay and Lee, yeah, yeah. Um, Kay and Lee, who there's been a lot of talk about the defensive back that Auburn's brought in. Justin Ferguson wrote a nice thing about Jalen Simpson earlier today for the Observer. We'll talk about that on Friday when we talk to uh, to Justin. But uh, Jalen Simpson uh, is is pretty pretty firmly entrenched at safety. Which oh yeah, which has great move for him. I mean, he was, you know, he was a good corner, uh, but he is, you know, he he really has found his home uh, at safety. Yeah, there's there's a belief that he could be a pro if, at safety if he has a, a strong season uh, this upcoming year, and that opens up some snaps uh, at corner and between and and Bill. This is for a for a team that struggled last season and made a coaching change. Nehemiah Pritchett, Keontae Scott. DJ James, and now Kyan Lee potential. Oh, JD Rim, yeah, and and Kyan Lee. I mean, those are five starting level corners. One would think Kyan Lee's a true freshman, so you don't want to go too crazy. But the kind of schools that were after Kyan Lee make you think uh, that that's a guy who could be on the field really early. And, and they're bringing and they're bringing in a couple of more freshmen that that are going to get looks at corner as well. But so. Auburn Auburn is deep with yeah. defensive backs that they could feel good about, and I wonder if that's going to help. Alleviate some of the pressure. You still need a pass rush. Still got to find a oh, way to yeah. get the quarterback. And, and, and Auburn's still looking for another one. They'd love to get uh, Ukwu, the uh, former James Madison um, star, who, I mean, everybody in the country is after him. He's another guy. You were talking about the top players left in the portal, according to 24 7. Isn't he right behind those receivers? That's right. It's, it's the two color of, of the guys not on the board outside of the TCU receiver, folks think is going to, uh, to SMU. Yeah, you got two Colorado wide receivers, and then you have James Ukwu from, uh, or Isaac, Isaac Ukwu? James Isaac Corp. Isaac, uh It's it's. I, I didn't. I don't remember. I don't remember. Neither one of them sounds right to me. But I mean, I'm not sure. But the uh, the J, the JMU edge is is also on that list of players that that Auburn is after and uh, could be a, could be a, a veteran addition. Uh, Auburn would love to pull off. Three three four. We'd love for you to uh, join in. Three three four three two one thirteen. Isaac, it is. It, it is, is Isaac, indeed okay. Isaac Ukwu. Um, you, Isaac Okoro had had me thinking that that sounded wrong. Yeah, but it sounds it sounds right. It sounds better than who did you say? I said J- James. James. No, James no, it just didn't sound right. Um, we we talked a little bit about you know we had somebody ask about uh, Tyron Lawrence in hour number one, and um, I honestly I think most people thought he would be public as a commitment to Auburn by now. You know, and I said it in the first hour, the longer it goes, maybe the less sure everyone is of that. Because I think the feeling was, was very, was very strong that he was, he was, he's about to do it. He's about to go ahead and go public. You mentioned in hour number one, uh, maybe Jerry Stackhouse has, has said, Hey, let's, let's sit down and, and, and look at this and, and see if, see if uh, we can't convince you to stay here in Nashville. Right. right although, you know, and I haven't heard too much. You know, looking around Vanderbilt pieces about you know, it seems it seems like they're they're looking at Lawrence as someone who will not be uh, 
will will not be returning uh, to, uh, to to Vanderbilt. But no no word yet on what's he doing. Is he also in the draft? Do I have uh, do, do I have that one, or is he or is he just um, is he just in the portal? Because that maybe he is in the draft as well. Sounds like um, uh, yeah. I mean, in in the case of uh, of Tyron Lawrence, I mean Auburn and Auburn is the school that folks are linking to him the most. But like you said, no word yet on exactly uh, when there could be when there could be clarification on what he decides to do. Who is uh, Caleb Benson? I just uh, I saw a a tweet from Caleb Benson saying uh, Matthew Cleveland to Miami. Hmm. Now he's I think he's a prediction. Uh, he's a he's a he's a he's a guy who does uh, predictions. Is he any good at it? Um. I just wonder. I just saw I just saw that that he is he's projecting or predicting Matthew Cleveland to Miami. I I I don't know. That's why I'm I'm not familiar with him. So. I mean, we'll see. There's some big. There are some big, big names out there that that Auburn is is uh, really hoping to to land. We ended the previous segment talking about the Alabama baseball. Uh, oh yeah, thing. yeah. Tease, tease that, that there, there could be some clarification there. So um, yeah. Nola.com uh, did a uh, did a piece. Yeah. Uh, why don't I tell you what? Let Let's go ahead. Let's get to break. Okay. So let's we do that. Yeah. Start clean and get into that. One more segment before we get with uh, Jake Crane of Crane and Company. Yeah. Keep us on track there, Producer Drew. we we got to come back and talk about that. Yeah, because we got started talking about other things here in hour number two of The Drive, which is brought to you by the ortho, uh, the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We'll get to our first break. Come on in here on the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, and we'd love for you to join in. Yeah, we- we got off track there at the start of this hour. That's easy for us to do. We get way off the rails. I mean, yeah, but we, 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 in the last few minutes of hour number one, started talking about the probe or the concern, uh, from the Ohio, um, gambling, Re- agent, yeah, regulatory, regu- board regulatory, agency. yeah, there we go. I was trying to think of the, the, the what to call it about, Alabama baseball. Alabama LSU played this past weekend, and this was concerning. This this came up from the Friday game, right? Right, and and I would I would point out too from the from the, this this could be as simple as a bet was placed that was so large mm-hmm. that because it was just a regular season college baseball game, that alone can can flag suspicious activity because it's rare for someone to place. Or, you know, if it's if it's considerably bigger than any bet that's usually placed on a game of that magnitude, uh, that that can get the ire or the uh, you know that, that can get the, and the definitely draw yeah draw the, draw the attention of the uh, regulatory agencies, and you can understand why there wouldn't be any uh, any attention. Really, it, it it wouldn't involve LSU if the bet, and you've got some of the details if the uh, the bet or bets. Are all 
for LSU to win. Right. So the uh, the chairman of, of the Louisiana Gaming Control Board talked to uh, someone from NOLA.com about LSU-Alabama's uh, game on Friday being flagged uh, by a regulatory agency for suspicious activity. Uh, what Ronnie Johns is, is the name of the mm-hmm. uh, of the chairman, and he said there were a couple of quote there were a couple of bets made in Cincinnati, Ohio. One was a parlay that involved LSU Alabama. Another straight up money line bet. I was told it was a large bet that involved LSU Alabama. That in itself indicates that there's definitely no suspicious activity on the part of LSU. Uh, you don't typically suspect a team that was picked to win the game. Unquote. So the, so the wager in question was placed on LSU to defeat. Alabama. Ronnie Johns adds, quote, the problem would have been whether someone on the Alabama side was suspicious of activity, unquote. So the the implication would be, was someone either with inside knowledge, because you pointed out there was a pitching pitching change about an hour before the game. Starting pitcher was was changed. It had been listed as one uh, one player, and then less than an hour before first pitch, uh, that that was changed. Right. So Alabama made a, if Alabama made a pitching change on Friday, and and this this all corresponds, there could be concern that someone knew in advance about the pitching change and loaded up on LSU uh, at a sports book. There could also be concern. And I'm not accusing anyone of anything. There would also be concern that maybe someone within the Alabama program placed a large wager on Alabama to lose the game. I think that's what the regulatory boards would be investigating. Right now. Yeah, I wonder is, is when, the, and, and we don't know when those wagers were placed either. We don't. The, uh, the, I mean, obviously before the game, but we don't know if it happened before or after that pitching change. Fr- Friday night was the, uh, w- was when the suspicious activity mm-hmm. was detected. So, you know, one would think that some, at some point Friday, the, uh, the, the wagers were made, but, but yes, it's, you know, it involves, and, and I think part of the reason, uh, the so ESPN is reporting that it's it the the wagers were placed at the uh, at the sports book located in Cincinnati's ballpark. That would explain why Ohio's regulatory yeah. agency is going. Hey, hold on. This was a yeah the, the Bet MGM sports book located inside Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, Ohio, where the Cincinnati Reds uh, play their home baseball games, and uh, uh, it mentions the the odds and, and how the odds were uh, heavily in LSU's favorite. Uh, they were a minus two forty five favorite on the money line when the game started, which means that if you bet two hundred and forty five dollars, that's how much you had to bet to win a hundred, mm-hmm. so you bet two hundred and forty-five. You walk away with three hundred and forty-five if if the uh, if, if the wager wins. Um, Ronnie Johns added, "Quote: uh, This is the first alert we've gotten on activity like that. We've seen some alerts on minor stuff, but our radar goes up if it involves a state school like LSU. But there is absolutely no suspicious activity regarding LSU at this point." And Ronnie Johns clarifies repeatedly that, as far as the information they have. There's, there's no reason to suspect that anything untoward happened involving LSU. But what's unsaid there is he's not clear in Alabama of, of yeah, or, any, or, any, or anyone, you know, and again, not to, not to I, accuse I anyone. I understand. I'm, again, I wish I knew when, when those bets were placed. I mean, because if someone who was, uh, was, was looking at that saw that the regular starter had been pulled and a reliever is coming in, and you already felt, hey, LSU's going to win this game. It's like, oh, then it's a sure thing. LSU's going to win the game. 
So, I mean, that's what's got to be checked. And that's what, you know, part of the investigating will be. Right. And, and I'm sure the timeline matters, too, because if, oh, the, yeah. wager, if the wager, I, I'm sure they want to know who placed the wager, mm-hmm. what sort of information they have. Do they have information uh, from, from a, you know, from, from a source under the table uh, that, that could have clued them in about these? You know, that, that, that's, I think that's what they're looking for, because so what, what you're describing wouldn't be suspicious. Someone's no, no, but, name, but it would appear suspicious if a, uh, an, uh, an unusually large amount of money was placed at any time. Right. But, I mean, but that, when that comes in, it's like, hey, what's the reason for this? But that would ultimately, you know, if, if they reviewed and that's what they found, that would not be suspicious. No, in, no. In, and then it wouldn't be anything untowards toward Alabama. Right. They, they want to make sure that it's it's not something else, which mm-hmm. would be somebody gambling with inside information. Or, I think even worse than somebody gambling with inside information, Bill, would be the concern that there's... You know that that someone involved in the game is, right. is is placing a wager like that. Like that. That's what I think the the big concern would be, and what will be investigated, and and we'll see if uh, well, the first guy to be asked would be the starting pitcher who gave up a lot of runs. Haven't heard uh, haven't heard a ton from Alabama about no. This, Alabama is, has been uh, very quiet about this. They have not responded to uh, any any questions. Which, which which is a you know which you know signals to me that maybe the story isn't over and we could be hearing more about this. Maybe, well, maybe, maybe Alabama has decided better to say nothing than to say something that you regret later. Right. But, I mean, sort of the way their basketball coach has a couple of times. But here but here's here's what I think you're right, but also Alabama might not be the only side with something to say about this because if that you know because there's an investigation coming and if uh, you know if, if they found in Ohio you know if, if they find something untoward uh, then then it's at, at some point yeah Alabama athletics al.com tried to ask the university and uh, the SEC and they had not gotten responses from either uh, as as they were um, asked Monday night and as of this afternoon had gotten no response I, I'd pay I'd watch I'd watch yeah, to I see if too. something happens here because it you know m- maybe maybe this Man, it's, all... it, it has not been it has not been a great spring for uh, Alabama athletics in the public eye has it may, maybe I mean, there, there, can... there have been a few things and that's not the only that's not the only thing here in the last 24 hours may, maybe it can be explained away um, but uh, maybe not and if, if not it could end up being a pretty big story because of the uh of the of the implications involved in someone either participating in in you know sort of the gambling version of insider trading uh, by by gambling with information that's not public knowledge, or uh, if it's somebody actually involved in the in the game uh, wagering to for on Alabama to lose a game that they're going to play in because that's and that's something you know it's it's the it's the I, I wonder if we're going to have more stories, Bill, with the, with the legalization of gambling in sports gambling across the country. I wonder if we're going to have more stories of suspicious-sounding college events, baseball and basketball games, and and the concern that uh, it's uh, it's it's being uh, it, it's being tampered with by by people who have who have uh, money on the proceedings. Right, and uh, I mentioned that's not the the only story that is uh, not not been uh, not been shining a, a, a bright light uh, positively on Alabama. Um, Alabama Deputy A.D. Matt Self arrested Sunday in Tuscaloosa and charged with third-degree domestic violence. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it hasn't been the, the most pleasant spring for the, for the Alabama Athletics Department. So, uh, so th- those are some of the things going on. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that is really interesting. The baseball, speaking of LSU, of course, Auburn hosts the number one team in the country after Taking two out of three from the number one team in RPI last week, which was South Carolina, on the road. Auburn gets to host the number one team in everybody's polls 
LSU this weekend. An LSU team coming in that has the projected top two picks in the upcoming Major League Draft. Yeah, a, a remarkable season for LSU and a team that uh, is uh, is looking like one of the teams to beat in all of college baseball as, as we get closer to the postseason. But Auburn pulling off a series win at number 2 South Carolina and a a win or two against LSU this weekend really improves the resume as Auburn uh, tries to push for postseason consideration themselves. A, a series win against LSU. And, I mean, Auburn, Auburn would be, even if the win-loss record, even if they finished with a conference win-loss record that would normally have you as a borderline... Uh, a, a, a borderline participant? Their RPI is going to be pretty high. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, all right, so Auburn's already gotten, we were saying Auburn, you know, uh, needed to try to win two games in the two series last week and this week. They already got the two. So uh, if they can get a, a win against LSU, then, then I think they're in pretty good shape. That will get them to 10, and they've got an opportunity, you would think, with uh, the, the two worst teams record-wise in the SEC, both 5-16 and 16 the last two weekends, to get four more. I mean, just, just I wasn't That's here. what you want to do. You want to get to at least 13. I wasn't here yesterday to talk about the South Carolina series, but what a what a response by Auburn after, mm-hmm. after adversity the last couple of weeks to go up there and set the tone. First, first inning, all three games, right? I mean, go out there and and, and score oh, yeah. the bats and scored, you know, scored four, scored one, four, and four. Well, I think. I mean, they 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 never trailed until mid game Sunday. If they can go to South Carolina and do that, they're a team that folks won't want to see in the postseason because they could come to your building and do it to you. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Jake Crane of Crane and Company joins us on the other side here on the Tuesday Drive. Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final half hour here on this Tuesday afternoon with Bill and Dan. Drew at the controls, and let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Welcoming our good friend, Jake Crane from Crane & Company. Jake, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all doing? Uh, man, we're, we are doing fine. I, I, lo- I love this, uh, that this weather, don't get used to it. It's not going to stay this nice. Breeze is, is a, a little more than the normal, but, man, it, it is just gorgeous. And there is a lot. I mean, the wind's not the only thing it's moving. Man, players are... are are uh, moving all over the place, and it, it, it's uh, it's a lot of fun trying to keep up with all this. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the transfer portal, it seems like it never stops, and, and we talked about it opening again and, and this kind of spring wave that we're getting, and you're looking at it affect Auburn right now uh, with a couple quarterbacks in the portal that are uh, pretty interesting. Jake, I was saying uh, off the air to Bill, I think that we were we were waiting to see uh, what kind of attrition there would be in the quarterback rooms for Georgia and Alabama uh, in the off season, 
And I think both of those coaching staffs have done a really good job of keeping the quarterback battle open enough that I think at both places there are three quarterbacks who feel like they could be the starter after a couple of games, and quarterbacks in that situation probably aren't going to jump into the transfer portal. No, I, I mean, you, you look around the country, I always say this, when it comes to, to kids transferred, I mean, every circumstance is different. You can't just look at it with a broad brush, but uh, when you kind of turn it into a machine that, like they have at those places, uh, and you're getting top quarterbacks all the time, you have to have some transition. You look at it, it kind of all happening in one year now with Georgia and Alabama, uh, you go really around the rest of the SEC and, and outside of the Pac-12, nobody's really returning uh, a legitimate quarterback. So, look, I, I think it just goes back to culture. It goes back to the program that, that they've built. And it's amazing. Good quarterbacks want to stay at places with good players most of the time. Is that the adjustment that coaches are going to make now with the transfer portal windows? Coaches will be cagier about what the depth chart looks like when spring practice is over because players that are clear-cut backups are risks to leave and go into the portal and find more playing time? Well, you know, I, I don't think it's as easy to pin down as saying, all right, this is the formula to kind of combat it. I think a lot of it comes down to the type of player that, that you recruit to come play quarterback there. I mean, are you out there promising stuff you can't deliver on? Are you promising playing time that, that's not going to be there? And then the kid gets there and figures it out and wants to leave, as opposed to what I think they're doing, going in there and saying, listen, we're Alabama, we're Georgia, we're the top of the heap right now. You can come in and compete, uh, but this is our situation, and guys still want to go there. So uh, I think a lot of it comes down to not only how you recruit, but who you recruit. Yeah, but but to Dan's point, I think it's also uh, a lot easier to uh, let somebody go or see them leave in the early portal than it is late in the second portal when there's oh, yeah. less when there's less for you to be reaching out there and uh, replacing them with. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, the market, you know, we say it all the time. In the transfer portal market, the market's going to bear what's in the market. And you definitely want to get a guy in there early. Why do you think so many of these quarterbacks out of high school are early enrolling? So uh, if you can find a way to, to keep guys there in, in little ways like that, then yes. But, uh, I, I mean, it's blatantly obvious the importance of, of really the timing of getting in and trying to learn an offense. A lot of it is terminology. It's a new system. you got to know the guys. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that is correct. You mentioned a couple of quarterbacks, and, and yeah, I'd love to get your, your take, your thoughts on the, uh, the situation. I mean, a couple of guys that entered the portal late. Casey Thompson uh, enters it on Saturday, already visited Auburn sat, uh, Sunday and Monday. Then on Sunday, the last day for players to enter the portal, other than graduates, uh, Peyton Thorne enters the portal. And, you know, we're hearing that, he may be the guy that's at the top, uh, at the top of the heap, at least in the eyes of uh, some of the folks in the Auburn football offices. Well, look, I, I'm going to trust Hugh Freeze when it comes down to quarterbacks to make the right decision. I mean, the way I'm I'm looking at it is, you know, a lot of times a quarterback hits the portal and everybody gets excited and they're like, "Man, this guy's legitimate." Well, it has to fit the system. Now, I'm not saying Peyton Thorne isn't a good athlete. If you've watched him play, he's decent at running around. But what the trap I don't I don't think anybody needs to fall for is if you're running a system like I assume Auburn's going to run that RPO offense, even though Philip Montgomery's in there, it's going to have a lot of Hugh Freeze flavor. You need somebody that's a legitimate threat to keep the ball and hurt you on the ground. Casey Thompson is that, and and he's a he's a legitimate thrower of the ball. Uh, he's he's got to be smarter in certain situations when he improvises, but he also makes a lot of wild plays. But it's the legs that give that RPO offense that extra oomph. 
Look at Nick Marshall. I mean, Nick Marshall wasn't exactly Joe Montana or Drew Brees when it came to accuracy, but he ran well enough to where guys were open because there's a lot of one-on-one matchups, and that's how you get mismatches. So uh, I think it's Casey Thompson. The Thorn Kid's not a bad player, but I don't. you don't need to fall in the trap of, oh, there's a receiver coming with him because, okay, let's say you, you play that experiment out. The kid doesn't fit your system at quarterback, but you got a great, great receiver. What happens if that receiver gets hurt? You know, like it's just there's so much that goes into it. But uh, I, I'll trust you when it comes down to quarterback. If it's uh, if it's Casey Thompson, wouldn't you uh, be hoping to get a commitment from him really, really soon since he was just in town? Yeah, you would you would think so. You'd love to get it while he was there. Yeah. Um, but but we know how it works today in in the world of recruiting because that's what it is. Let's call it for what it is. Uh, in, in the world full of recruiting, you never really know. But uh, yeah, if you don't see something probably here pretty soon then uh, it, it may end up being Thorne. Talking with Jake Crane from Crane and Company here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive, as we do. Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's, it's an exciting time in college football, and, you, and you've, got the, uh, uh, you, you've got different big names making their, uh, making their intentions known. Bill? And I wanted to say, yes, now, now with T.J. Finley finally making it official and in, Auburn only has two quarterbacks who went through this spring on scholarship, and they'll add... Uh, a third in Hank Brown this fall. I mean, it is. I, I think it is critical that Auburn add a quarterback. How confident are you that Auburn will get another quarterback? I mean, I'm a, I, I would say, you know, if I was going to do it one to ten, I, I would say at least a seven. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, Auburn is the place that recruits itself, and you have a guy in Hugh Freeze that understands quarterbacks, and it's a great place to play, and, and it, nothing would shock me, but... Uh, I'd be very surprised if Auburn didn't end up with one of the two guys that we mentioned. Uh, but I, I do want to say this, and I've said this multiple times, you know, as, as we've talked. I, Robbie Ashford is not a bad player. Uh, I know it's fun to talk about transfer portal quarterbacks and Auburn only having two guys go through the spring. You at least have to have three. That, that's the rule always. But I think Robbie Ashford, uh, going back to my point about not having to beat Joe Montana, he runs well enough where if he can hit open guys, make the routine throws routine, and be able to be somewhat effective with the deep ball, that offense can be really, really good. So we're going to be talking about transfer portal quarterbacks. It's what everybody's talking about. It's all the rage right now. But don't forget, Robbie Ashford, I think, has a chance to be a pretty good player. Yeah, I'd love to see Robbie Ashford get a full season in an offense that's sort of tailored to what he does well and what he doesn't do well, you know, and, and, and that, that can emphasize his strengths yeah. and conceal his weaknesses. I don't know what quarterback would have thrived in the situation Auburn had uh, going on last year offensively, Jake. I think it would have been tough for Andrew Luck circa 2011. Yeah, Cam, that's about it. Yeah, I, th- I think it would have been tough for even even the best uh, quarterbacks we've seen to, uh, to, to make it work because so much else was going on. What other positions, after the work Hugh Freeze and company have done uh, this offseason, what other positions strike you as places where Auburn might want to improve before the season starts? No, I mean, I, I think the obvious answer is wide receiver. I mean, you, you've seen pretty much a wholesale change with proven guys on the offensive line that, that have played at a high level and understand what it takes. But it's that wide receiver room. I, I mean, I think that's really, outside of the obvious and the quarterbacks, that's going to be the room that, that makes can make or break this Auburn offense. And they don't have to be a bunch of Jerry Rices. You just have to do what you're supposed to do. Find the quarterback will find the mismatches when he has them. You got to take advantage and win some of those 50-50 balls in big situations. So uh, I like some of the pieces that they've added. 
I think this offense is going to be very, very wide receiver friendly in the angles that it creates, and, and you'll see some improvisation as well just because it take, it's some, some of it is slow developing and it slows down the defenders. So, uh, again, I would say that one. Uh, and then you look on the defensive side of the ball, you know, the, the pass rush. That's, uh, again, we can talk all about, about the DBs we want and, and all this stuff, but if you can't rush the passer, and Auburn kind of fell into this, when Derek Hall and them were out because they didn't have a ton of great guys coming off the edge, you're not able to affect things at different levels, and it hangs the second level out to dry. So wide receiver and pass rusher, that's what I'm, I'm looking at. Jake, do you think that the, the wide receiver thing, it, it may sort of be like uh, Auburn needs one, uh, one big uh, you know, one big piece to fall to get the other. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, receivers may be thinking, all right, who's going to get me the ball? Whereas quarterbacks may be thinking, all right, who have I got to throw it to? Oh, for sure. Look, great players want to play with great players. Why do you think receivers, great receivers keep transferring out to USC? Mm-hmm. I mean, every year they, they want to play with great quarterbacks because it's going to make them money because they want to be able to make big plays. And if you have a bad quarterback, it's tough to make. Uh, big plays all the time. So, yeah, and these guys talk. Look, in the age of social media, we all know the barrier for communication is very slight. You can talk 19 different ways uh, on, on an iPhone. So, uh, yeah, guys know where guys are going. You see guys trying to talk into go, uh, talk other guys into going places, and how do you think tampering happens? Uh, this coach talks to this player, then this player hits up that player from the other team, and they start talking. My hands are clean, baby. Jake, there's a... Uh... Yeah, I, you know, we, we looked at where Auburn was able to add uh, a defensive piece earlier today. The uh, the the, the edge rusher, yeah, yeah the, the edge Speaking rusher, the, the edge yeah. rusher out of App State, two sacks in the Texas A and M game. Sort of a situational player for the Mountaineers, as as the ESPN one hundred six seven unofficial. Hey, that's a sun- situation Auburn needs help yeah. with. As as a yeah. as the sun yeah. as the Sun Belt correspondent <laughs> for this place, I could tell you saw him make a couple of plays uh, this past season. Also uh, had made a couple of plays in App State's miraculous buzzer beater win over Troy this past year uh, in Boone. So I would uh, I, I would think it's an intriguing addition for a team that's already gone out and added a, an SEC edge rusher and uh, Highland Holmes, uh, Keldrick Falk, one of the top in-state players in the state class 2023. Oh, yeah, look, here's the situation. Go in there and sack the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you, you have to... You look at athletic guys, guys that can do multiple things. Uh, you know, you look at the NFL draft, who typically does the highest, the guys with the best at the most stuff. So, uh, it's nice to have those pieces. Uh, and I think, I think those guys are better against the run than some of them give, some people give them credit for. But, uh, again, being able to get after the passer, especially guys in a year in the SEC where you don't have a lot of returning quarterbacks, you can get a lot more. The turnovers are there this year. They're, they're going to be there in bunches. And if you can get after the quarterback, you can steal some points on defense and steal a lot of field positions. So don't think the D.C.s aren't looking around the league, licking their chops when they have pass rushers, because there's going to be a lot of young guys in dangerous situations. Talking with Jake Crane here on the Tuesday Drive. Jake, one of the things we've sort of uh, taken for granted for a while is, well, we've got a pretty good idea of, of what the format is going to be for the SEC football schedule, but... I don't know, Greg Sankey, um, Greg Sankey, sure making it sound like there are some ADs or some coaches that really are not uh, wanting to get on board with the um, three permanent opponent, nine, uh, nine conference game schedule. What do you think uh, is going on? The ADs, I think, are meeting right now, and, uh, and, and, and it seems like um, it's, it's a bit of a push to try to determine whether we're going to have one regular uh, opponent, one you know, one permanent opponent, 
and eight conference games or the three nine? How do how do you think this goes? Well, you know, it just makes me think of that scene on Star Wars where the dude starts questioning Darth Vader and he just like chokes him out by looking at him. I, I think Greg Sankey's going to win out. I mean, at the end of the day, Greg Sankey's the commissioner of college football. Let's let's just call it what it is. Uh, so I think if he wants the the three permanent and the nine game in conference, then that's what we're going to get. Hey, it's about money, and I mean it's it's about being sure. worth more to uh, to the networks, and and you've got to have more conference games to do that. That's exactly right. And look, you add more teams, you add more games. That's you don't have to be Pythagoras to figure that one out. Yeah, the the eight game model worked for a long time, but I just think, like you said, between the addition of Oklahoma and Texas and what ESPN wants uh, with with what they're paying the SEC every year for broadcast rights, uh, yeah, it just makes it a more attractive proposition. I I do understand. Although it's not like the SEC would be the first conference to ever have to deal with this. I understand why people don't like the idea of playing four conference home games and five conference road games in a season. You'd like more balance there, which is why, you know, I'm, I'm okay with 10, but I know there's some other places where, you know, absolutely not. No 10 game conference, you know, schedule here. Uh, but, but that's, uh, I mean, what, what is the, what's the, what's the biggest, uh, what's the biggest holdup? The the imbalance of the schedule, the fact that it would be four four versus five teams wanting to get to bowl games, wanting to have winning, you know, uh, you know, at least five hundred records. I think. Yeah, yeah, but but then then I say this, you know, what if you're a team that's on the and get used to this the bubble to get into the twelve team playoff, and you have that last regular season game, you know, you don't want to be paying playing New Mexico Tech of the the blind and. And uh, short, I mean, you want to be playing somebody that can help your resume. So there's, look, you can spin this at any way you want to spin this. Some people will be upset because they don't like the proposed three permanent opponents that they're going to have. Like, I don't Nick. know, maybe Nick Saban. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> uh, so like, I, there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at, look at it. Some people are going to be upset about some things. Some will be upset about others. But uh, if we end up having a battle between Greg Sankey and Nick Saban, I mean, watch out, man. That that may be yeah. the cataclysm. I, I believe I believe Mr. Magoo is the quarterback of the New Mexico School of the Blind and Short <laughs> this year. I believe that's that's who that's who they've look, got. Look, they had a great year last year, won six games. Yeah, you know, you know, Jake, find the stadium. You know, I I wonder, you know, and we'll we'll get into this probably more more uh, you know in, in more depth another time. I, I do wonder if that's something uh, that that could be on the you know the the number of games between. Major conference schools and either FCS opponents or even low group of five opponents. I wonder if we're going to see a reduction in those games because <laughs> TV networks want the best for their audience and a huge mismatch between an SEC school and, and a team with no chance of beating them isn't a terribly compelling television product. Well, no, I think it's actually going to go the other way. At least if I was the coach, I'd be like, all right, so we're going to play nine SEC games now? Yeah, we're not starting off the season with Oregon in your little Chick-fil-A Classic. Let's get Alcorn State up here. Everybody get healthy. I'm, I think you're going to see less of these big-time early season matchups. Because why? If yeah. I'm playing nine in-conference games, I have no motivation to go outside and play somebody, especially on the road or, you know, quote-unquote neutral site. When you know LSU plays Florida State in New Orleans, like we all know, that is not a neutral site. So I think it's going to go the opposite way. At least that's the way I'd do it. Oh, I, I agree with you 100. percent I mean, it's going to be really interesting. Hopefully, uh, it gets out there. Well, it's got to pretty soon. I, I think you know they want to have this done 
before the SEC meetings coming up at the end of this month or the beginning of next month. Jake, I know we're running short on time. Let everybody know. I mean, what what have you what have you got cooking on uh, Crane and Company, and and how folks can get hold of it? Oh man, yeah, we uh, we're talking a ton of college football right now. Obviously, talking about the Auburn quarterback situation. Uh, you can just check us out. We have a live uh, sports show in the morning, six thirty a.m. to eight a.m. Central. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's on the Daily Wire, Daily Wire Plus. It's uh, Craning Company, C R A I N N Company, and we do live calls, live chats. So it's a really good time. Great stuff, Jake. Thanks a lot, man. Have a great week. Talk to you again soon, Jake. Hey, hey y'all, be good. All right, we'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. The drive continues. 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 The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final couple of minutes here on the Tuesday Drive. Man, Quick show it felt yeah. like today. Great, great stuff. You know, some some calls in hour number one. Jake Crane in uh, in hour number two. Big baseball series. Big weekend coming up in Auburn oh, you're this not weekend. Kidding. Graduation, Cinco de Mayo festivities on Friday, and of course Auburn and LSU all weekend long uh, with uh, with with the uh, a very highly anticipated baseball series. Made all the more interesting with the way Auburn performed this weekend in Columbia. Oh yeah, I mean Auburn now. Uh, you know, it's it's a three-way tie for third in the SEC West, but more importantly, you know, closer to that at least, you want to get to that lucky uh, 13 at least as far as conference wins. And Auburn should be favored in its final two series of the season, LSU coming in. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, a uh, highly anticipated series coming up this weekend. Still, I mean, everybody's waiting to see who's next, who's going to be next um, addition to Auburn football and basketball there, from the transfer portal. There could be the 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 uh, the timeline as far as when there's news about this stuff has totally changed because we weren't tracking the whereabouts of big name players. Oh no, in, in May. No, we weren't worried about. Oh, can they get in by the time classes get started for the summer session? Right. We're we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk. We with are Jason now. Caldwell tomorrow. There could be yep. news before we talk to Jason. Absolutely could. I mean, get Jason to preview. Um, you know, everything that's going on this weekend. And, of course, talk portal for football and basketball. He'll be with us in hour number one, as usual, on Wednesday. Our thanks to Jake Crane for joining us today. You know, if you're looking for something to watch tonight, I would say uh, Dodgers-Phillies on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, you get Bryce you get making the, his return. Yeah, your, your guy, yeah, let's see. No, he's, 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 he's making his debut tomorrow, right? And yeah, Bryce, the return of Bryce Harper 160 days after Tommy John. And even if you're the most casual NBA fan, LeBron James, Steph Curry, yep. game one tonight on TNT, live from, from San Francisco, Lakers-Warriors. Yeah, there's a little sports the, on TV The, the Warriors-Kings series, game seven, did some of the biggest first-round playoff numbers in decades for the NBA. I think people are going to be watching Lakers-Warriors. Uh, uh, I think 